This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, love. Welcome to the Selfish Bay podcast, a.k.a. Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike Osi sent you. Hey, beautiful Selfish Babe, it is your girl, Olenike Osi, bringing you another Selfish Babe, Selfish Talk podcast, and today we're going to be talking about how to know when it's your intuition speaking versus whatever else may be speaking, and today I have the beautiful Tatiana Taro here to help guide us on just the intuition know-how. Say hey. Hey, everybody. I'm so honored to be on. Yes. Yes, I am honored to have her on. And if you guys don't know our don't really follow her on Instagram at Tatiana Taro. Um, literally, I would say she's the woman who will read your life with tarot cards because oh. I've, literally I followed her for a while now and I'll look to my stuff or I'll look on the day's post and she'll like type up a lot. Like it's very in detail. And I'm like, oh, that resonates with me. Oh, I'm going to see if this happens. And so the work that she does with the tarot cards and her intuition, I think, is beautiful work. But I want her to be able to talk more about what she does. <laughs> Thank ahead. you so much for that. I'm so honored. Um, so I would say, simply put, just like any other artist or anybody that performs a craft of passion um, that they really, really connect with, I, I channel, I channel for spirit. And my modality is through tarot cards, also Akashic records. Mm -hmm. Simply put, I use tarot cards as a means of tapping into someone's energy um, to read what's going on in their subconscious, um, what's going on in aspects of their spirit and their soul that they're not aware of, that they're suppressing, that they're ignoring, or they're just completely oblivious to you know the way that we move the way that we decide um what we're going to do on a day-to-day -day basis um how we perceive the world and how our subconscious shapes all of that so i use tarot cards predominantly as a means of um empowering others 
um, making them keen to the choices that, that they have, to the choices that they make on a personal level, um, helping them um, align with their spiritual power, helping them really find their sense of truth and, and develop their sense of intuition and psychic abilities. And the tarot cards are just a simple means of me divining that energy, reading that energy, and kind of mirroring that back to my clients. Um, usually people that get a reading, they're not learning anything or hearing anything spooky or surprising. It's generally information that you already know, but you weren't necessarily trusting yeah. or, or really um, taking, taking into consideration. Yeah. And so, yeah, so tarot readings, tarot cards are very much like storytelling, right? But the story is about you. Yes. and how you play a role in the world around you. Akashic Records is really fun. So Akashic Records deals nothing with the cards. It is just you and I having a simple conversation. And what I do is I recite a prayer that essentially opens up this field of energy that allows me to have access to your Akashic Records. And what that is, is... Um, it's kind of like the Google of your spirit, the Google of your soul. So if you can visualize Google and Googling, okay, what past lives have I done? Or how is my, you know, what explains to me the dynamic that I have with so-and-so and what am I to learn from this relationship and what can I do to improve my business? Or, um, you know, what can I do to, to learn about my karmic patterns and how do I heal my poverty consciousness? And all of this is accessible through the Akashic Records. Akashic Records is known to contain every fragment of your soul and spirit, everything that you've ever done in all time, space, and dimensions, um, through all of your existences, through all your past, present, and future lives. And so when you're doing a session with me, I'm accessing this field that can kind of pick up all information in accordance to that and what you most need to hear and know at this time and any questions you may have with that. So it's very healing. It's very profound. It induces fast spiritual transformation, mm -hmm. um, really accessing um, spiritual evolution at a rate that's much more... Um, quicker, I guess, than other healing modalities. So I love using that as well. It's always interesting to see what comes out in people's records. I have a question. If somebody were to come to it for a reading and they've never gotten one before, would you recommend a tarot card reading or the Akashic readings? Ooh, you know, I would ask them, um, what you know what's their the what's their the, what's their frame of excitement okay what sounds more exciting some people are more visually inclined and so with getting a tower reading there's a lot of symbolism there's a lot of imagery there's me breaking that down and relating it to my client there's me explaining how two and two go together and so people like that people like hearing a story they like seeing oh that's why then i'm dating this person because you know, this past circumstance is something that I'm not over with and it connects. It's mm -hmm. more, you know, it's more relatable, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if you are woo-woo <laughs> <laughs> and very, oh, very open-minded, very esoteric, very metaphysical, yeah. um, not that the Akashic Records is scary, but, you know, just try to, trying to conceptualize what I'm doing can yeah. be a little difficult. Yeah. So people um, usually start off by getting a reading 
and they love feeling the shift. They love applying the homework, the spiritual homework. And when they see the results, they're more inclined to expand into different healing modalities. They're like, okay, I understand where tarot is. And whereas, you know, maybe once in, uh, once in my life, I might've been a little fearful of that or apprehensive. I get it. It works. It re resonates with me. Now I'm kind of interested in trying different healing modalities yes. that um, may be outside of the box, but I feel could really help me change. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I really love the work that you do. And um, for the selfish babe out there that's listening, like if you've never thought about a reading or just thought about getting some spiritual guidance, right? That's what it is. Spiritual guidance that is really going to help elevate your life um, and elevate your soul and just kind of take you to where you want to go and, and can help guide you to the many purposes in your life. Because I know everybody's like, well, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? I, I per personally believe we have many purposes, but we'll help guide you in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really highly recommend getting a reading and I always talk about the unseen world and the physical world that we have here. There's a lot happening in the unseen world, the spiritual world that you don't see. So to be able to have somebody like Tatiana who can sit and interpret that for you with your consent and, you know, with the consent of your ancestors, et cetera, et cetera, I think is a wonderful method. I've had my personal friends who are like, you know, well, I don't know about that, Vanessa. I don't know about those readings. I don't know about that plant medicine. I don't know about any of that. But... <laughs> There comes a point, there comes a point where people are backed up against the wall with their mm. circumstances mm. and look to me and be like, well, you seem to be doing okay, Vanessa. You know, I'll, I'm ready to try anything at this point. I've had one of my friends told me that recently and it was just like, I don't really want you to have to be backed up against the wall to open your mind to this stuff, right? I'm telling you that I really believe you gain some spiritual clarity. <sighs> Literally, you gaining some spiritual clarity is going to help elevate your life. And awesome. so if you need somebody to tell you to go ahead and be open-minded to this stuff, okay? Go ahead and be open-minded to this stuff because I personally get my readings as well, different types of readings. Because for me, my ancestors don't guide me wrong. My Orisha don't guide me wrong. Like I, I continue to grow because I listen, I take the advice and things connect for me, right? And you wanna be able to have somebody that I would say is trustworthy, you know, in the spiritual, that works with the spiritual realm. And I would highly recommend Tatiana. And so if you are a selfish babe out there, please go ahead and get your reading, book your reading um, or just, Gain some spiritual clarity. Look into tarot card readings. Look into um, natal chart readings. Look into the different type of... Yes, all of that. Look into that because... Readings, mediumship. I mean, it's really what you, you, you resonate with. Yes. Um, one thing that you just mentioned that struck a chord is, yes, absolutely. It's so beneficial to have that ally, that resource. Think of it as, you know... Um, alternative medicine, alternative therapy, which is what I consider myself. Uh, a lot of people just, you know, they just don't resonate talking to a stranger and not really receiving any sort of feedback or any sort of medicine from that conversation and saying you're going to a therapist. Not that a therapist is not good medicine. 
I I love going to a therapist. Actually, I actually see a lot of therapists come to me for readings and (laughs) they are interested in incorporating in their own work as well. But what I'm saying is that it's so valuable to have an unbiased point of view, an ally, an extra person that can tell you, hey, you know, I don't know you, but these are some patterns that I can see developing that, uh, you know, lead to X, Y, and C that maybe you're not mindful of. Um, it's also a form of self-care. Yes. You know, we get our hair did, we get our nails did, we go to the spa, we go to the salon. Why not treat yourself to a session, a yes. spiritual healing session that's going to give you more intimate details about yourself, that's going to aid you in personal development, spiritual development, that maybe is going to give you the key to making extra money, helping you reach that goal, helping you attain that relationship, helping you heal with your family, et cetera, et cetera. Also, another thing is that not every healer is for you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that healer is negative per se, or just doing something you don't like. It just could be the way in which they deliver the message or maybe energetically, it's just not lining up. Yes. You know, I tend to actually attract clients that somehow have a parallel message for me as well Mm -hmm. at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And it could be that they're experiencing something completely the the antithesis, excuse me, of what I'm experiencing, but because of whatever spiritual medicine that I'm telling them, um, it somehow resonates with me in my current circumstance, Mm -hmm. whether that is, oh, this person, you know, doesn't enforce boundaries very strongly in their personal relationships. So my answer to them could be applying to me in how I'm exhibiting my boundaries in my work field, right? So it's just so interesting to, 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 to be able to find that one person that you resonate and you connect with. And of course, that deals a lot with checking in with your intuition. Mm-hmm. Does this person feel right? Do I feel really connected to their message? Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything about them that I feel really comfortable or not comfortable and really listening to that and then following suit? Yes, I totally agree with that. But yeah, mm-hmm. but for real, for real, like, for real, for real, for real, like, uh, those spiritual messages or whomever you do go to, like, it's just very important. It's, it's just very, very important. I mean, that's literally like my piece of advice. Like, and, and what she mentioned, it's a, it's a form of self-care and self-love. It's just like, yeah, you gain this knowledge from the spirit world to then use it. And then let's not forget the to then use it part. Like, let's remember to then use it. Just don't keep on getting readings, getting the same message over and over and ain't doing shit. Okay. You got to use it. So I telling people that get readings. I say, you, you, I don't want to say you wasted your money, but you certainly did not need this session. <laughs> and they'd be like, but I just not, but no, your ass needs to listen to the last reading and do what Ferris is telling you to do. My girlfriend actually got a reading from Tatiana and things have been, you know, coming through. And um, it was, it was awesome. a it was yearly one, the yearly one where you go month by month. month. And, right. Uh, we're in March. We're in March now. And let's just say things are on freaking point. Okay. So I'm just letting y'all That's know. That's awesome. <laughs> and so Tatiana and to the selfish groups out there, you know, whenever I bring on a guest, I always want them to talk about a past traumatic experience or obstacle that they may have faced that has brought them closer to self-love. And the reason I have that, as you guys guys know, is because every moment doesn't have to feel like that same moment for the rest of your life. Moments change 
on a consistent basis. And so just because you're feeling something right now or maybe in a stuck place right now doesn't mean you're always going to be experiencing that. And so when I bring on women guests to talk about that, it's just to show me too, like, hey, they've been through some things too, or maybe they are experiencing some things too, and they're moving through it, okay? And it's a way to move through it that is in a healthy manner. And so I just like to hear them share their traumas or past experiences and and also give their advices as well. So Tatiana, let us in. Definitely. Um, okay, so, so, uh, okay, so... <laughs> This one really pertains to my relationship with my mother, which is inexistent. Uh, when I say inexistent, she birthed me. Um, my parents were married. They, they, they you know, got together very young. They were in the military and they got divorced less than a year after. So they were still 19, 20 years old living in Brooklyn. Yeah. And, you know, shortly after that, my dad actually had full custody of me. I never grew up with my mom. She disappeared from my life. Um, never heard of her. She completely, you know, and it's about rewording things and it's about reprogramming. But basically it was abandonment. Like my mom abandoned me. Um, whereas we were, we were a unit. We were together. She took care of me while my dad was in the service because she had finished her, her, um, her service. And it was just like, inexistent and so that's how I grew up and it wasn't until you know my dad couldn't explain it he's like I don't know where your mom went but he definitely tried and with along with my grandma and other family members to fill that void yeah. um, and I never really knew that you know there was a void because they did just a great job in really taking care of me and filling me with the sense of self-worth or exemplifying you know that you're still worthy yeah. but it wasn't until I was basically graduating from college that spirit, you know, I had just come back from this trip to Egypt. I was living abroad, studying archaeology. And as soon as I came back, I just had this like feeling of, I want to know my ancestry. I really want to know um, about my mom's story. There were a lot of things that my, my dad's side of the family just couldn't explain. It was a very mysterious marriage you know, um, there were like young renegades, both running away from their families, living in the other side of the world. And so nobody really had answers for me and nobody really wanted to talk about what had happened. It had been a very big taboo. Mm. Um, and so when I actually did find her, which was a lot of Google searching, wow. and I found that she changed her name and she actually had a family and she had been living in Brooklyn this whole time. Wow. Whereas I'm like, oh, she must have gone somewhere. Um, I went with my best friends and I ended up finding her husband at the time who told me, oh, she's still in, still in the military, this time the army. And literally the day that I had found him and encountered him, she was hopping on a plane to jump out of flying over Afghanistan. She was a paratrooper. Mm -hmm. So he was like, do you want to call her at this minute? Like she's about to jump out of the plane. So we called her, my best friend and I, um, mutual support. You always need a girlfriend to help you. And it was just a very emotional phone call. Like she, one, it, it was very shocking to hear. I only have one photo of her. Um, she wasn't very photogenic. She didn't like people taking pictures of her. And so the, the image was of her backside. Yeah. Um, my family had told me 
my whole time, like, oh, you're the splitting image of your mom. But because I didn't see anything, it didn't really resonate. Talking to her on the phone, seeing these images in her husband's house, seeing how she has a son and a new family and, you know, just this family photos everywhere was just very emotionally heavy. It made me feel like, why, you know, why did you leave me? Why didn't you connect with me? Am I not worthy? Am I not loved? You know, things that I never thought about before, but there, it just came in flashing at once at Mm -hmm. such a pivotal time in my life. Like I'm in alignment with my goals and doing archeology. span I'm about to graduate college and go into the real world. I started professionally dancing, belly dancing. So it's just like baby Tati, you know, actualizing her goals and wanting to know like about her maternal side and, and her lineage and stuff, which were things that my father couldn't really, you know, we think your mom's this and we think your mom's that, but we don't really know. Yeah. And so um, that was a good reconnect with the exception of, you know, I had told her, listen, I reconnected you at, with you at a whim. Um, let me hold space to really figure out what this means to me emotionally and what I'm going to do to tell my father, my father, my grandma, my father's side of the family that I reconnected with my mom. Because at that time I had felt guilty. I didn't tell them I was going to do that. I didn't tell them what I was doing. And I didn't tell them that I actually made, you know, successful contact with them, you know, you didn't tell them because you didn't want them to stop you or they feel bad or you have them feel bad about it. I didn't tell them because I actually knew some of the reasons why they had gotten a divorce. My mom has some mental illnesses and she was very alcoholic and she would abandon me as a child. Um, and my dad would have to like, be like, what, like, why are you like, she's a baby. What are you doing all this stuff? And so he never said, don't go after your mom. And he never said anything negative, but he would say, you know, I, I, I would prefer that you would be a little bit older after you were 18 to go find out about your mom because I don't want her to take into court and try to take you. Yes. I don't want her to start with, you know, he's like, you don't really know your mom. You don't know her. And, and that's all he would say. Yeah. And never put two and two together. Talking to her that day, we exchanged e- emails because I was very protective. She wanted to know where I was living. She wanted to know what I was doing. Um, she didn't talk about my dad. She didn't talk about leaving. She was very, very much silent on the phone. And when she did talk to me, she was interrogating me. What's your name? What's your middle name? What do you look like? How did you find me? All of this stuff. And then when I guess I passed the test, she started crying uncontrollably. Her voice is very different than mine. Like I have a very deep baritone voice. She sounds like a village girl. Like, you know, like she sounds completely different. And so it was just a lot for me, like all of that going on. And I said, okay, let me hold space. I definitely want to reconnect with y'all. Definitely want to see y'all. I have to go back to college. At that time I was going to Stony Brook University. So it was like a two hour trek going back to Brooklyn. And I got to talk to my family about this. They don't know. And so um, less than a couple of days later, I got a lot of harassing emails from her and her husband. When are you going to come back? Why haven't you called us? Mm-hmm. Literally every day they would call me and I'd be like, I'm in the middle of finals. Like I can't really talk and I need space. Like I'm going to contact with y'all. Yeah. Um, I met my baby brother, which was a lot. I loved him. You know, he immediately ran to me thinking that I was my mom because we looked wow. the same. So it was just like, oh my God, like, let me just put two and two together. This is a lot to process. 
Um, eventually, I got two emails when I had requested for further space. This was all within a week or two, right? Um, my mother basically threatened to take me to court. She's like, I don't know why you reconnected with me. I never loved you anyway. You know, I made the good decision of walking away. Um, if you reconnect with me and my family again, um, I'm going to take you and your dad to court, which I don't even know what that means. Like she really can't do that. But she's like, I told your brother that you didn't exist and you were just a cousin. So don't even bother coming back. Right. So that reawoke this trauma that I didn't know existed. Yes. Furthermore, that was when I was 21. I gave birth to my daughter at the age of 30. Yeah. Hadn't talked to her or spoken to her since. Mm-hmm. Had been able to reconnect with her grandma, which is my nana, which were very close. Yeah. Her sisters and her brothers, I've reconnected with them. So I did get closure and I did actually learn shit. I'm black. Like I always thought I was black, black, you know, Afro-Latina from being Puerto Rican, yeah. but she's black and she's Asian and she's Hawaiian. So I really got closure in that sense. Yes. Um, and the family that raised her was, you know, predominantly African-American yeah. living in East New York, whereas I grew up in Bestai and it's like, dude, we was like right there this whole time. <laughs> like I could have been with my family this whole time. But when I gave birth to Sahara, I got this weird phone call four in the morning, literally the day after I gave birth. And it was my mother. Yeah. He's drunk. Hadn't spoken to her for nine years. And it was like, I heard that you gave birth. Congratulations. Like, what? Like, Like, you know, so. Question, question. How did she get Mm -hmm. you? It's the same number you called her with from back in the day. I'm sorry? Um, how did she get your number? Or was it the same number that you had back in the day? It was not the same number I had back in the day. That's still a mystery. My great-grandma, my nana, swore that she never gave my mama the, my number. Because yes. when I got connected with that side of the family, they had a completely different story. Yes. They thought that my dad took me away from my mom because that's what my mom told them. Yes. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know why my dad would do that. Like they had split custody and she, you know, he had full custody, but she still had visitation rights and she stopped. And so we had to kind of dismantle the lies. And there were a lot of people reaching out on Facebook, giving me phone calls. So I assume that, you know, she got a phone number from a great uncle um, who wasn't savvy, you know, and She's just, you know, she's very neurotic. She, there's something that is off. Even though she was in the military, it'd be like you're trying to put boundaries. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, well, if you're going to do that, then I never want to talk to you again. Like, triggered yeah. out of nowhere. Yes, yes. And so at that time, you know, I had always battled with how can I, I feel guilty for not developing a relationship with my mom. Also with the wanting and the desire to. Also with that need to for for the validation to hear that you are loved by your own mom, that you're accepted, that you're welcomed. And I think like I was just literally so exhausted. I had a very traumatic experience giving birth to my daughter in and of itself. I was in so much pain for me to receive that phone call was like, yo, this is something karmic. Like I am not here. I'm also hopped up on drugs because the labor was so intense and four in the morning, I'm not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and me holding my baby while I'm talking to my mom. And I realized like, 
listen, this desire to want to connect with her, the fact that I've tried, the fact that she just was very neurotic and irrational, I got to protect her. Like, I can't open up Pandora's box and try this over and over again and just keep on getting the door shut in my face. Like, first of all, it's hurting me. And when I finally opened up to my, my, uh, my dad's side of the family, they're like, that's how she is. And we didn't want to tell you. And we, you know, we, we, my dad was like, I did not want you to get hurt. That's why I did not want you to find her because your mom is not well, you know? And that's all he could say. And so, yeah, very traumatic. And I guess at that time was really, you know, giving birth to this new aspect of myself, giving, being so open and raw and vulnerable. I had to trust my intuition, which, you know, we think intuition is fun and it's light and it, it feels good. Sometimes it, it doesn't feel good, but it should always feel right. Hmm. And at that time I was like, I got to shut the door on this once and for all, find closure and just start my own chapter healing myself through my relationship with my daughter. Because I can't, yeah, I was scared to have her in my life and her influencing my child with that behavior. And I could still hear that there is a lot of, she's, she's on something. I don't know if she's on drugs or pills or alcohol or and I know now that a lot of her trauma and the way she is, is because she had a horrible, horrible relationship with her mom. Yes. Very traumatic relationship with her mom. Mm. And you yes. Like <laughs> you're like building a whole new foundation. When we talk about karmic lessons and different things like that, like Tati may be like, hey, I may not have the relationship I have with my mom, but guess what? Now she has a daughter. She can stop that shit right now literally she can stop that shit by having a wonderful relationship with her own daughter like that's freaking amazing to me the fact that you mentioned that your mom's didn't even have a better relationship with her mom let's stop her mom didn't love her her mom kicked her out and my nana uh, raised her wow just like my grandma raised me wow so you know of course my dad was raising me at the same time but my grandma was my she's my mom you yeah. know, she's the one that really took care of me. Yeah. So in learning all of that, it's like, you know, it's not an excuse. Yes. But I understand. And also, you know, it's so, it's just, it's so tricky because you feel compassionate. You feel vulnerable. You feel, you feel sorry, right? Like, oh, I, I understand that you experience all of this pain and trauma, let me try to heal you or help you and open myself up to you. And it's like, no, not all skin folk are kin folk. You know, <laughs> I agree with no, that. no, no. It's not my responsibility to heal your situations with your mama. And you have a choice to perpetuate that. And you chose to act X, Y, and C with me. And I gave you an opportunity and I gave you an opportunity again yeah. while I gave birth talking to her on the phone for a couple of times and it was just one night where she had called me 16 times in a row and I was exhausted and I couldn't answer because I was feeding the baby you know you got to feed your kids every two hours and then get them to go get shots and go check this out and I'm like and she said you know what it's not even worth me having a relationship with you (laughs) delete my number and I tried to contact her back and she had blocked me and I was like, you know what? <laughs> so I'm like, she tried, oh. y'all. She literally tried, okay? <laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's where personal responsibility comes in. 
And so when she was saying that her mom, you know, Mm -hmm. she was raised a certain way, right? And she may have had this trauma too. There's still personal responsibility. What are the choices that we are making, right? Because just because we've been through certain traumatic things doesn't mean we have to continuously repeat that cycle. They may explain a lot of things, but doesn't mean that we have to continuously repeat that cycle. So I'm just happy that you're taking a whole different route, that you set up boundaries, because you talked about that. And we could talk about that in terms of setting up boundaries with family members that may not really act like the family you wanted in your head, but they're, you know, they're related to you, but you may have to cut them off. Or in this case, you tried and she was, you know, overstepping her boundaries. That's an understatement. (laughs) So thank you for sharing that, Tati. How, after you made that decision, um, how do you, how do you uh, feel with that? Like, how do you integrate that emotion? Because I know like that could be tough. So, you know, how did you, like, even thinking about, like, I knew that we would have to go into a conversation today talking about trauma and stuff. And, and, and I think I even mentioned to you before, like, I, it doesn't register as trauma, but talking to it out loud to someone, you can hear the pain in my voice and you can hear that, you know, there were certain parts where I was going to cry and I'm getting very emotional thinking about it. And I think it's important to know that trauma doesn't have to be you know there's just so many forms of trauma right you just can't put it in a box and this is obviously emotional trauma and and so it changed me in the sense that I knew now I had to sit with that because I had somehow subconsciously been running away from it thinking oh I'm fine and that's how what I grew up you know, my dad did his best to really raise an empowered woman. He was yeah. like, you're fine. You don't need anybody but yourself. You're a strong girl. You know, your mother's absence has no weight on you and no weight on your identity. And it doesn't determine who you are and how you are loved. And you're, you know, you're amazing. You're powerful and all this stuff. But regardless of him boosting me up and giving me all this love, it still yeah. doesn't take away the void and the fact that, when I was older to really registered what happened, yeah. it impacted me in some way. Yeah. Um, and so now, you know, mothering my child really took me back to the, to the point where it's like, oh, I'm actually mothering myself. And if I don't mother myself, I got to be careful. I could subconsciously be trickling ac- actions into my daughter yeah. in some way. Like, if I don't take care of myself, I will be neglecting myself. And that neglect can also be affecting Sahara. And so my sense of self-love and, and me catering to my needs and my emotional wounds and me giving myself blessings and acceptance and validation is really the best form of motherhood for her because I'm exemplifying what she should be behaving to herself. And if she, if she chooses to be a mom, her relationships with women, her relationships with herself, her relationships with her emotions, seeing her mama wounded, how she can take care of herself when she's wounded, not necessarily needing something or hearing that, but knowing that she can stand and be strong and and she will be resilient and she will lick her own wounds and transmute like a snake, you know, old skin. I'm resurrected. I've learned from this and now I can take these lessons and you know, give that medicine to other people. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's really what Selfish Babe is all about. Women selfishly and authentically loving themselves. And this is why I find it so important to put ourselves first in the way that you talked about in terms of you taking care of your own needs. Because when we do that, we are becoming, we are whole people. First of all, we're making sure that we are whole beings so that we can be better people in our communities or better mothers, as you just said. So I thought that was really, really, really beautiful. Now, I know you mentioned even with setting up boundaries for your mom, you talked about intuition. And I want to get to why we're even on this podcast today. I'm pulling up this on my phone, as y'all can see. So I had a selfish babe DM me, and uh, she had DM me a quote that she had found on Instagram. And this is what the quote says. It says, learn to differentiate between the sound of your intuition guiding you and your traumas misleading you. And she was like, can we get a podcast deeper in this discussion? And I was like, yeah, we can. Who the hell do I call? And I thought of Tatiana, because I really think that she can really clearly define and understand and help us really navigate intuition, what that is, how we get to understand what that is for us and just a deeper explanation. And so that's why I called upon Tatiana to guide us with, well, how do we know that this intuition versus a deceptive, you know, thought because you know even me sometimes I'll be driving or like doing something and I'll have this thought like oh don't go there but it's not always like it's not that I don't get a feeling it's just in my head I don't get a feeling and I'm like but everything's good and I go there and everything really is good you know so then sometimes I'm just like well what what the hell is where where's my intuition then like because like I don't feel like I can decipher it but people always tell me you're very intuitive but there's been times this one time in particular because it's the only time that I can really recall where I felt it and it was the time where I was really close to somebody a friend at the time and every time we got off the phone I didn't feel good and my intuition was like don't be friends with her anymore don't be friends with her anymore don't be friends with her anymore and it was just a feeling that I felt and I kept ignoring it for a very long time until I was like you know what Vanessa I just can't ignore this shit anymore this is obviously I'm feeling this way for a reason and so one day I had to have the the text conversation of saying hey I can't be friends with you anymore nothing you really did just this feeling that I'm getting and I ended that friendship that's something that I felt for me was very clear of me saying why to not be friends with this person and later on um, I received the reason as to why I couldn't be friends with that person at that time. Now that I can be like, yeah, that was intuition. But other times I'm literally just like, well, why am I having this thought? Like, is that fair? You know, that's intuition. I, what'd you say? That's intuition. Oh, the feeling, <laughs> the thought, the feeling. So intuition can be breaking, broken down. Intuition is a psychic sense. We all have it. I mean, you think about animals and how they can sense that there is a, you know, they're, they're becoming prey or there's danger. You can just sense that there's a lion and they know. They know either by the way that their hair stands up. They know either by hearing the crinkle of the leaves in the distance. You know, their, their senses are really more audio prones, right? Yeah. Um, whereas we're like walking in paths, right? We're just picking up on everything. We're like these satellites that are just accessing all this energy. And six different ways of you accessing that energy and having it come through as an intuitive intuitive information is one through your thoughts yeah. right through your feelings either feeling other people's emotions or either you know visions mm. um through your taste buds mm. through smelling 
through hearing. And a lot of this is very, very subtle because we're not trained and we're not accustomed to using our sense of awareness to be paying attention to those shifts, mm -hmm. right? That's why they say meditation is so important. It's not meditation is important to calm your ass down. Of course, that's what it is for as well. But it's really to start training your senses. There's a reason why you have these senses, mm -hmm. right? And so information can come through those senses, eh? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the most common aspects of intuition is really picking up on their sense of empathy. You know, you, you walk in the room and you feel that something's off or you never met that person before, but you either feel like you really connect with them or you really, you, you got to protect yourself for some reason yeah. or the thoughts that come in your brain or visions. Like we take a lot of our daydreams and they say imagination is so key. Visualization is so key because you're literally manifesting and we take that for granted. Yes. The, the ideas and the dreams and the concepts that you see or real yes. you know they just haven't conceptualized in the physical plane yet but they exist in some sort of dimension mm -hmm. so the only difference is knowing when you're residing in a state of fear and anxiety because usually when you receive these intuitive knowledges and these intuitive things um seldom is the case that you actually feel any emotion towards it it's just like oh that thought came in or, oh, that feeling came in. I don't know where it was, but it wasn't like, oh, that happy. Oh, I'm so happy. Or, oh, I'm so scared. It's yeah. not emotionally charged. It's neutral and it's information that's kind of like coming to you in a, a matter of fact, you know, like God is giving you this telegram. Like, that's what it is. Um, and so um, that's the major difference is that when we're starting to feel out of alignment, when we're starting to feel fearful, anxious, triggered by our traumas, we usually shift into a state of disempowerment mm -hmm. where we're lowering our vibrations, where we're feeling fear. Whereas intuition is such a high vibrational state that it is just going to come in as neutral. There is no positive or negative because that's a, it's a subjective thing, yeah. right? It, it is what you make of it. Yeah. So that's what I tell people in terms of just being mindful that it isn't an emotional factor. And mm -hmm. also being mindful of what is your channel of receiving intuitive information. They mm -hmm. call it the clairs. I don't recall all of it, but it's like clairaudient, clairvoyant, yeah. right? Claircognizance, you know, you just know things. You just know. Kind of like that. That was a combination of you feeling, which yeah. was like, you know, the empathy, but also knowing that you wasn't supposed to be rocking with that person. Yeah. And so most people have one gift, one Claire that they receive most of their information from. Yeah. And the more you start practicing that and accessing that, other Claire's start developing and opening up for you. Mm -hmm right and so it, it it's accessible to everybody it's just a matter of consciously um being proactive to 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 practice those modalities that you have yes i like um you talking about the not really having emotion attached to it because i think a lot of times it's like well i believe it's supposed to be a strong ass emotion that's supposed to be attached to it but then when you talk about it in the way of well, you're just receiving information. Now, what do you want to do with this information? You're going to mm -hmm. do this or you're going to do this? I think that's very beneficial to know, like, okay, it's just 
information. Now, what are you going to do with it? So when, let's say, a selfish babe is uh, having a thought, let's say, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> okay, let's say the thoughts like, hmm, nah, you probably shouldn't go there tonight. And there's no feeling attached, but you want to go there. You know, you want to go there tonight, but there's no feeling attached. Would you say, okay, just practice listening to that thought and just see where it takes you versus yes. ignoring it and just doing what you want to do? Yeah, I would definitely say start acting like one exercise. Um, that I used to do is completely just lead your whole day based on intuition. Hmm. Like don't like, if you have like an hour or two um, and you want to, let's say you're walking down the streets of lower Manhattan or you're in Brooklyn and you're just like, you've got an hour to spend, be like, okay, where's my intuition pulling me to go? Hmm. Where do I feel like I need to go? Start walking and see where you end up. It could be that, you know, you find a new job, you find an opportunity, you meet someone that you're, you're meaning to, to connect with. You, um, you find something on the ground. Last time I followed my intuition, uh, I did not want to do this. I was feeling very overwhelmed. I actually had to reschedule three of my last clients because there was something in me that was like, I cannot work anymore. I'm not going to be able to de deliver this to my full capacity. Yeah. I need to take a break. Yeah. Even though I had literally just started my day. I took a break. I, re I, I rescheduled those clients and I said, you know what? I really feel hungry. Let me go and go get something to eat. Like my intuition is telling me to go. Yeah. When I sat down at the booth, I looked at the floor and I found a hundred dollars. Wow. And that was at a time where I had felt like, you know, really disconnected to my work or I felt like I was overworking. I felt like, you know, I, I also felt like I wasn't really connecting to one of my Orishas and I had had that in my mind, feeling guilty. It, the motherhood and my mother Orisha is Ochun. And there was a moment where I felt like, oh my God, I don't feel Ochun anymore. I don't feel like she's with me. Like I feel abandoned again. Mm -hmm. And and that those prior days of me feeling that trickled into this one day of work. And because I was emotionally off, I couldn't just do any work. So I said, you know, let me take a break and see where I can go. And I found that that the hundred dollar of abundance, like kind of like confirmation that she's like with me. Yes. And also <laughs> like I am abundant. I am supposed to be treating myself well. And it's okay. Like, and so, you know, little things like that. But I also want to say that following your intuition isn't always a walk in the park. Mm. Sometimes you follow your intuition and it's like, oh, let me apply for this amazing job. And you don't get it. Yeah. Right. And you're like, well, but I thought, you know, my intuition wanted me to do that. And it just so happens that you, you were really bummed out. And then you realize that maybe through going to that application and meeting that person, they call you the next day and they give you an even bigger opportunity that you landed. Yes. So sometimes it may look like following your intuition is taking you off course, yes. but following your intuition isn't a linear process, neither is healing. Hmm. And you gotta really leave it to the most high to connect the dots for you rather than trying to logically understand things. This intuition is not logic yes. at all. It's not logical. It's obviously you really picking up things on a sensual level right mm -hmm. and how disconnected are we to our bodies how disconnected are we to our senses how mm -hmm. disconnected are we to these pleasure modes for us yes we're very heady 
but it's like we've got all these other gifts that we could be using yes Mm -hmm. I love that um you talking about our sensuality as well as connecting with our other senses really you know because they are neglected and so I know you said having a day where you follow your intuition I know you mentioned meditation but I wanted to ask if we are working on cultivating our other senses what would be some other things that you would recommend that would help aid in you strengthening your intuition because you are strengthening your other senses? Um, so with those meditations, I would definitely do guided meditations on YouTube. Yeah. Um, my favorite form of strengthening intuition is two things. One, obviously the tarot cards, the Oracle cards, buying yourself a deck that you resonate with, buying yourself an Oracle deck that you resonate with, and maybe just centering and asking yourself a question and pulling a card and trying to interpret the colors and the imagery and the directions and the meanings a little bit more in depth. Um, another thing is centering yourself, really feeling in the center of your heart and asking a question and just kind of declaring it out to the universe. Like, what is it that I need to know about X, Y, and C or what is my more most important lesson that I need to be kind of integrating and just holding space and seeing what pops up during the day. It could even be like, okay, like what, what decision do I need to be making here with my business or yeah. what direction do I need? What, what should I be doing with my relationship yeah. and kind of letting go of any need to control that and opening yourself up. And you can even take it a step further and just ask, honorable ancestors or spirit, I need a sign. I need a clear sign. I need an indication that of my answer without a doubt. Yes. And then just see what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, yeah. Times where I've asked for signs and I said, make that obvious, <laughs> like make it obvious for me. Cause I could be in my head and I'd be like, oh, no, this is not it. You know, I could be like that. But then um, I have, had confirmation in those signs and it has been obvious so I totally agree with Tati when she says that but um meditation you said you talked about you talked about pleasures in our senses I know like for me and this is kind of like into intuition not intuition but like for me um my personal pleasures I have a list of personal pleasures that I enjoy so whether that's like smelling the flowers whether that's taking a bath and feeling the water on me or whether that's wearing lingerie and feeling sexy I feel like for me upping my personal pleasures can help deepen my intuition and I wanted to know your opinion on that like do you agree with that in terms of the your personal pleasures that you see um, can it deepen your intuition? Yes, because in some way you're connecting to a spiritual aspect of yourself, a sensual aspect. It deals with your senses, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're more in tune with what feels good for you, what feels in alignment, what feels like your truth, intuition is just truth, mm -hmm. right? It's not negative. It's not positive. It just is. It just resonates with you. It's yeah. your personal facts. And so when you are more clear with what that feels like, what you need to do to get in a space where you're receptive, where you're not coming in emotionally charged from something, right? Really bummed out because something has happened and it's skewing your sense of judgment. Huh. That is really going to help you on all levels. 
to become a clear channel. That's why this job isn't easy because anybody could be a reader, but it's not very simple to discern what information is for you and what information is for other people. Huh. That's why a lot of people don't read themselves because they're like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I know myself too well. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, influencing the cards, right? I get what you're saying. I love that. Well, thank you, Tatiana. Is there any last minute words that you want to tell the selfish babe out there listening? Um, I would say, y'all, I would say to practice honoring your truth by writing it down. And by writing it down, it could be like a five minute journaling exercise, just really unconsciously letting everything down on paper, no filter, don't lift your pen from the the paper and letting it all ooze out because really that's going to allow you to now open up to your higher self. It's going to allow you to access other streams of intuition. It's going to empty your mental and logical state on paper. So you have more room to be clear, to be receptive to what the divine wants to download into you. Mm. And it is just an f- awesome way for you to track your spiritual and emotional growth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, honor your truth by all means. I love that. And last minute question. If you were to finish this sentence, what would you say? Sometimes self-love is first thing that comes to Saying mind. no. Sometimes it's what? Saying no. Sometimes self-love is they know. No, saying no. Oh, saying no. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes self-love is saying no. Why do you say that? Because uh, boundaries means that you have to put yourself first. And that might even translate to, okay, I'm getting all these phenomenal opportunities, but I got to learn how to say no to take care of myself first because I could get overwhelmed and over, you know, work. Or, you know, people want your energy because you're very, very giving or you're very open and you're a healer you're that person in their lives you have to say no to cater to yourself first to make sure you have enough in your own cup that's overflowing to give to others i'm so happy that people are saying that now in terms of the cup overflowing it used to be oh just make sure your cup is full but now it's not that no let's make sure it's no 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 it's gotta overflow (laughs) shit (laughs) i agree with that the faucet is broken (laughs) (laughs) i love it Well, thank you so much, Tatiana, for joining us. If you're not already following her on Instagram, it's Tatiana Taro. And what is your website, love? It is TatianaTaro.com with two N's. Definitely check her out and definitely book a reading if you feel called to. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at Elsie. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Mwah.